0: It is my pleasure to introduce to you today's guest on the podcast, Rick Shin. Now, Rick's story is interesting because Rick invented a machine to improve the efficiency of his father's horticulture business. However, little did he know that his invention would be picked up by the US government and become one of the most innovative advancements in landmine clearing, not only for worker safety, but also for cost effectiveness and efficiency. Today, we'll talk about what Rick's machine does and how it makes it exponentially faster to clear landmines. We also talk about how we came up with the invention and got it off the ground and what it takes to be a successful inventor. So, please enjoy episode three Rick Shin on my podcast, Interesting People Everywhere. <laughs> So, so do I use your last name in this, or you yeah, want to stay anonymous? Yeah, that's, that's fine. Thanks for the beer. No, no um, problem. So you're Rick. Uh, what's uh, your last name?
1: Uh, my name's Rick Shin. Rick Shin. Yeah.
0: Okay. And you invented the uh, what's it called, the Shin
1: the Shin Cutter. It's a it's a land uh device. Yeah. I actually actually started, started out as an uh, airline pilot. I was I actually was a pilot and. Uh, i've got about a thousand hours of instructor time went to corporate flying and then uh got on with uh ups and then eventually with the uh, u.s air which later became american Airlines airways or airlines and uh from there I've, I've stayed with them for 10 years and then i quit in 1998 and started developing this machine and uh so the U.S. Army got involved after I developed a machine, and they they uh, they liked the concept, and so I basically went from avoiding trees to taking trees down. Okay,
0: so you invented the shin cutter named yep. after yourself, yep. um,
1: And what it is,
0: I had to look at the videos on the internet. And what's the website so people can check it out?
1: It's www.shincutter.com. Okay. S H I N N C U T T E R dot com.
0: Okay, and what it is, it's sort of like a, a stump grinder, I guess, that you put on the end of a excavator. And right. You can take down a tree, and it turns very fast, and right. you can grind a tree top to bottom in a, a matter of a few seconds.
1: Right, it'll, it'll take down a a 40-foot tall tree, uh, 8 inches in diameter, where it stands in about two and a half minutes, and it'll grind up the top and you won't have anything left bigger than about the size of your thumb.
0: Okay so the original application was for forestry and stuff it, like that. It was
1: for clearing right away for uh uh sewer and water right away and uh, and for power lines.
0: Cuz I think most people probably don't realize like that forestry isn't all about just cutting down trees for paper and stuff like that but like, we need to clear land ways for electricity
1: and right. for stuff like that infrastructure um, and and most most uh infrastructure as far as sewer lines go are down in wet areas and in, in in wetlands, and you you have limited access to the right way because it's only about fifty feet wide, and and you've got one way in and one way out, and it's could be fourteen, sixteen thousand feet long.
0: Okay, yeah, well, it's a long way, and an excavator is a really good machine to get into those remote areas right. as well. Yep. Um, because an excavator, some people probably don't know, or, or a digger, other people know it as. It's that machine that digs dirt, and you'll see them putting it into the back of trucks. It's yep. got like an extender arm. It's got like tank tracks Yep. on it. Um, so they're quite mobile yep. and can go anywhere. Um, So when did you, how did you come about the military applications for this?
1: We were in Las Vegas at uh, Con Expo. It's, it's the largest uh, construction exposition and the... Uh western hemisphere and um, we had a booth set up and uh two uh, folks that work with uh, uh night vision laboratories came by they got interested in the concept and wanted to put it into an application for uh humanitarian demining and uh as far as uh vegetation clearance
0: okay um so how did you go from an airline pilot to get in into, uh, I guess forestry and, <laughs> and 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 driving machines? I guess.
1: Well, I I've, I've, I flew uh, about ten thousand hours, and whenever I, I my father was in the hospital, he owned a construction company, and and he needed me to come in and help him while he was in the hos- hospital undergoing surgery for about three months. So I took a leave of absence from uh, the airways and. Uh, we developed this machine while i was while i was gone and eventually the airlines called me back and said hey you got to come back to work and i said yeah i don't think so
0: yeah okay you like working for yourself more obviously. oh yeah 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 that's pretty satisfying like working for your family business you can make your own hours and all the money you earns right. yourself.
1: right and, and if and if you succeed you can look in the mirror and say see who made you succeed and if you fail you do the same thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah and you're not fighting for extra money all the time through extra hours it's just off how well the business goes. Right. So it's pretty satisfying. Yeah. Mm, Okay and so you you were an inventive person before you invented this cutter or?
1: Yeah we I I dabbled in it but we it really got involved whenever uh, we started working with with this this machine and then after I got involved with the military, then they started, we started doing uh, the armor-plated cabs for uh, humanitarian demining because What happened with uh, Night Vision is they used to go out and develop a machine from the ground up. Night Vision is U.S. Army, basically. But yep. they would develop a machine from the ground up, and it was expensive. Yep. And uh, they... It, it cost millions of dollars, and they found out that they could use off-the-shelf construction equipment and do the same job just as effectively, and all they had to do was, was armor plate it to protect the operator, and then you okay. t- put the attachments on So it.
0: they were previously paying engineers to develop a machine from scratch yep. for, for demining. mining
1: Yep, and from the ground up.
0: Okay, and we probably should have talked about uh, what is demining actually uh, yeah it's uh
1: well, humanitarian demining came on the scene when, with uh, princess diana she she was the the big uh i guess the big uh promoter for humanitarian demining because she she visited these third world countries and she saw exactly what was going on, and what's happening is uh they've got. And through rural countries like Mozambique, Angola, Cambodia, Thailand, they've got landmines that have been out there for 16, 20 years, and the trees have grown up over the landmines. And nobody knows where the landmines are. They're little hockey puck landmines, and they're just designed to maim you.
0: I guess... So mines is something like it's an explosive that they put under the ground uh in a wartime to stop the enemy coming in and attacking them so right when, when the enemy soldiers or cars will drive through the field, then they'll get blown up but
1: the, the the humanitarian i mean the uh any any personnel mines are cheap you can you these countries could buy them for for pennies and it's basically a, a pressure plate on top. And it's designed to blow the lower part of your your leg off. They don't want to kill you because if you can if you can got a, a, a field full of soldiers coming across, and if you can maim a guy, you've actually tied up three people. You've you've got the guy that stepped on the mine, you've got a guy that's got to carry him, and you've got another guy that's got to carry his gear. Wow, it's pretty effective, and it's 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 actually. Just as effective as having a like a bouncing Betty that goes off, just have these these little
0: anti-personnel mines. It's as effective as what, sir?
1: Like a, a bouncing Betty, which they used in uh, Vietnam. Which, if the guy stepped on it or somebody activated it, it, would it would bounce up about five feet and then then blow shrapnel horizontally.
0: Which is pretty terrifying. Yeah. I Think oh, but that's the art of war. Yeah, um,
1: but. The problem is that uh, these mines are still out there, and um, they don't know where they're at. And little kids go along and uh, step on them. The farmers are out there; they can't farm the land, and uh, so they're basically
0: yeah. So it's like
1: a plague all
0: over the world now. Yep. So where are they? On un- so there's unexploded mines, and they last for decades.
1: Yes, they, and they, and they're 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 under trees even. You know. So
0: you can clear the land and then what happens with the tree? You go to cut down the tree or something? Well,
1: what what we do is establish a clear lane uh about fifty feet wide and you go about I don't know, five hundred yards long and uh that that clear lane is where you work from and so this machine can swing over the side and reach about twenty five feet out and grind all the trees down. That it can reach out to. Yeah. All right. And you just go right down through the clear off the side on the clear lane, and once you get it cleared, uh, you send in bomb bomb sniffing dogs. They're, they're called long leash teams, and that's there's a good reason for that because they got long leash and they go you'll get them, boy. <laughs> but uh, they uh, they clear they they locate the mines and then they have to send people in to actually dig the mines up. And that's a pretty scary job, oh yeah, and they they've got strict regulations on uh how 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 long they can work the day and that might, and like only four hours on and then they get two hours off, so it's real stressful, okay, so
0: not only did you invent the shin cutter, the thing that grinds down the trees, um uh, you also invented or you designed some of these armored platings that protect the driver as well
1: right uh, whenever the whenever the the uh Army night vision laboratories is actually there's actually two um, it's actually two sections in, in night vision laboratories uh you've got anti tank and you've got anti mine and so the anti tank people are trying to blow stuff up and you got the anti mine people who are trying to keep stuff from getting blown up yeah and uh Old people yeah. yeah and I work I work with the uh the uh anti mine people
0: okay <laughs> yeah yeah well you don't want to work for both sides no, some well, people do I'm well sure. it's like
1: spy versus spy or something like
0: that uh, so you're not an engineer or? i'm
1: i'm not an engineer uh, no you You. well you didn't study to. Do no it. i didn't study to do it but you're,
0: uh, you're kind of doing what every engineer would dream of doing though really right uh, applying design and, and you're also helping people at the same time
1: yeah and we've we've uh we've cleared 360,000 over 360,000 hectares of uh of land and every hectare of land that we clear they can go back and farm And, and, and what you're actually doing is not only clearing the land but you're actually producing farmland that people can can go back and and grow crops on
0: and with the the landmine so i guess like in vietnam it's really thick jungle it's really tropical so the landmines that were laid there would be all under scrub now and bush and
1: right right and, and that's the purpose and, and, and small trees actually some some pretty big trees you know, sixteen year old tree
0: so when you say it's under the tree, yeah. it's like literally the tree's grown on top of the mine
1: it's it's amazing. The tree can actually grow around the mine and it won't set it off. it just the roots go down and around the the mine. The mine's still there, but it it won't set it off.
0: Wow, and then some poor. There's cases of people setting it off this, somehow.
1: Well, there's cases of people that, that that it doesn't have a tree sitting directly on top of it, and you you've got a, a little little child out there, and they step on it, and, and and then it usually blows both of both of the legs off. So they, yeah,
0: yeah, that's a bit sad. Um, yeah, it's uh, unfortunate. It's, it's
1: unfortunate, but it's true. <laughs>
0: that's why it's so important to demine all these areas too, because. You know, something like that would
1: ruin some child's life.
0: Um, oh yeah, and it's and not fair to him. Um,
1: and there's there's many of them, many many of them that, out there, especially in Cambodia and, and Mozambique is is just full of full of uh, any personnel mines. So what areas of the world are full
0: of mines? Asia, I know.
1: Well, the uh, the border of uh, Cambodia and Thailand is is. Full of anti-personnel mines that they don't know where they at, and and what happened was, they they put them out. They didn't ma- they didn't map them. The people who put them out forgot where they put them, or they they they've either passed away, so nobody knows where they're at, mm-hmm. and and so the U.S. government, in their infinite wisdom, gave them a bulldozer, and uh, with an armor-plated cab on it, and told them, well, just go out there and plow the plow the uh, rice paddy up, and just make. Push them up in a pile over there, and you'll have all your mines. Yeah. And so now they've got berms of mines, anti-personnel mines, and they don't know if they're upside down, right side up. What, and, how do you deal with that? <laughs> well, that <laughs> what the, that's what they're, where they're using uh, the cabs that I'm developing now. But they'll take construction equipment here again, but with the armor-plated cab, and they can put attachments on there, and uh, they've got uh, sifter buckets that they've blast tested with these things, and they can actually scoop the the material up and sift sift the mines mm-hmm. out.
0: And they'll they'll go off. They'll either
1: go off or, or they 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 they've got them located, but but they can get get them out of the way.
0: I just had an idea for you. You should uh, approach the German army maybe with this <laughs> because when I was I was living in Germany for uh, two years, and while I was there. Um, Because obviously there's a lot of bombs left over from the war just in the ground. When in the middle of Cologne in the soccer field, like literally where they kick off in the center, one of these huge bombs just suddenly came up out of the ground. Mm. And like they had to evacuate like a few different city blocks, but it's very, it's not uncommon for a digger driver. An excavator yep. driver to be digging the foundation for a house and just boom, the bomb, yep. the bomb will, a bomb will go off that's been undiscovered for years and kill the operator. So. Well, that, that's like
1: Eastern, that's like Cambodia. The, the, the Western side of Cambodia is full of, of uh, mines and the Eastern side is full of unexploded ordnance. They're still dig, digging up uh, 500 pounders from the Vietnam War. But could this
0: protect the operator from a bomb or just landmines? Landmines well, are smaller. We've been
1: we've we've blast tested it with uh, M fifteen anti tank mines uh, in the states, and the Chilean army blast tested it with uh, Hungarian anti tank mines in uh, in Chile, and actually two of them stacked on top of each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've seen the pictures. Yeah, but. Uh, it's It's pretty satisfying knowing that you you're you're helping helping folks out you know to at least they can go out and and farm farm the land and they don't have to worry about their kids going out in the woods and and something bad happening how,
0: so how did you go from see i've faced um we tried to develop a tidal energy turbine mm-hmm. and but we could never really raise the capital to like, we build a couple of prototypes. But right. To, to, maybe it's because it was had to be such a big project. But to build something as big as a wind turbine costs right. like $20 million. And then imagine that in the water. So, we could never really raise the capital to start. Right. But- i mean did you face any challenges like that
1: yeah but the way we started uh my father's construction company was in was water and sewer and they had to get the first thing you got to do is get rid of the trees if you if you're going to lay a, a sewer line you've got to get rid of the vegetation and that was the biggest headache was clearing the right away to be able to go in and, and lay the sewer line and uh we developed the machine and we found that we could do 600 feet of uh of right away a day 50 feet wide and with a whole crew of people with chainsaws and everything else we could only do 400 so we we had one man and one machine out there doing the production of a whole crew okay and uh we started we started really beating up the competition I, the we were we were getting we were getting uh, jobs that they couldn't compete on because we were so low on on clearing, mm. I mean, and we could clear in rain when it was raining, uh, yeah. you know, whenever. And eventually, our competition, his competition, started calling us and saying, "Hey, can you can mm. you give me a price on doing my clearing?" And they okay. got they got so sick of 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 calling us to do their clearing, uh, they said. Just, just build me one. We don't want to. We don't want to write you any more checks. How much? How much will it cost for you? Just build us one. We'll send you an excavator over there. So that's how we got going. Oh
0: wow! And so you you patented the original design? Or?
1: Yeah. The the uh, I hold uh, six patents and on various things on the on the cutter head. But yeah, yeah, the cutter head and the uh, and the tooth design and all that. Okay. So you. <clears throat>
0: I guess so. Originally, you must have forked the cost out of your own company to build the first few prototypes, right? Uh, I guess.
1: The, right. the the the, uh, the first first one took us. Oh, it took us th- three, four months to mm. get it going. And once we got it going, we realized how all the mistakes that we made in the design while we were building it. So it took another month, month and a half to get that worked out. But once once we got it going uh it was on we were rolling
0: okay so you had it out there working and and paying itself off pretty quick yep Mm, okay yeah like yeah (laughs) ours is our idea was a little more the overheads possibly quite a lot more and right we couldn't you can't really get it out there working unless you have like government approval for a site and
1: maybe it's just too complicated with too little money like it's sort of handy whenever you can go uh i I told my my father i said it's it's not it's not bad deal whenever you can go out and uh and make money off your competition when you're doing their clearing for
0: yeah wow (laughs) so when did you so what it's the cutter but you also you said something about Instead of the counterweight being on the back of the excavator, you put another motor on there to...
1: Right. It, it's uh, We take the counterweight off and we'll, we'll put up to a uh, 650 horsepower uh, Caterpillar engine on the back with a, a separate hydraulic system, separate fuel system, separate electrics, and all of that is plumbed out to the cutter head. So the cutter head uh, is, is being powered purely by the uh, the the power produced on the back of the machine.
0: How does that work? You start the engine to the excavator, and then you have to start the second engine. Yep. And is there like there's extra setup inside the cab as well, so you can see like is there like?
1: Yep, you've got a complete uh, separate control panel for the uh, for the auxiliary engine and the hydraulics, and uh, everything is separate with our our system and the uh, excavator, and that's that's a, a another plus because. We don't have to, uh, whenever people want to buy a new machine and put this this system on, we don't affect the warranty of the machine because everything that we install is completely separate and apart from the, the excavator itself.
0: Oh, okay. That's great. So it's just retrofitted. Yep. So at the start, was it hard to sort of raise the money or convince everybody to spend the money? On the development,
1: yeah, the most costs that we had, and, and toughest time was whenever we started, and and uh, all of that. Basically, you're sitting there looking at, at money bleeding out of the construction company to develop this. Yeah, and uh, so that's that was the biggest cost. But but once we got it out and going, then like I said, the the our competition we we were we were killing them on uh, on bids and we were we were getting we were getting uh, uh jobs that that they were not getting and and they 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 said we, <laughs> we got to do something you know build us one of these or our our you know we don't want to have to keep paying you to do our land clearing for us
0: so for them, if they want a new one, they always buy them off you or yeah
1: they would they would bring they would bring their excavator and we we can put it on a u- used machine or a new machine, and usually, they had a one of their older machines that was still still good and operational, and we could take that and take the counterweight off and just put the put the attachment on them
0: yeah that 's great um so are you the only manufacturer of this particular thing in the world now, or other people have sort of copied you?
1: Other people have come in. We we started in uh, nineteen ninety eight, and since then there's there's been other people that have popped up. But uh, you know, as, like I told you earlier, name recognition and market share is is an incredible thing, and if uh, it's gotten to the point, we 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 got out and got out front so fast that uh they've actually got work in georgia with georgia power and light and other municipalities and they call it shin work because it's really wow. the only only thing that you can use a shin on i mean because okay they call it shin work yeah yeah, yeah we got we got we got shin work here because it's 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 through a muddy place it's we got a bunch of big trees and and uh that's what they do. Yeah,
0: there's a few things like that. that the jobs named after the product. Yeah, like the Esky, I think. Oh yeah,
1: it's, it's a brand of coolers. Yeah, the Franacranes Oh yeah, yep.
0: Made by Franacranes Yeah, yeah, but
1: but once you get that the the name recognition, well then you know it it it, it starts going from there. It's good.
0: Oh, I haven't I haven't seen it in Australia too much. This invention
1: we had uh, the the way I got introduced to Australia is. We imported one of these units in here, and uh, we started selling through uh, Komatsu. Okay. And uh, the the problem with the with our product is so specialized; it's like a uh, it's a niche market and it, it, very niche market. And so there's not it's not like you know a car or, or excavators in general. It, it, it's only only a certain part of the market will will need this and what, that's what we found in Australia we sold uh four machines five machines in Australia one of them was a 650 horsepower unit big one and um so it but you know the the machines are still here and they're still still grinding as far as I know are you selling them all over the world now we've got machines in uh We've got machines basically in in all the continents except Antarctica. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, not
0: oh, yeah. No trees yeah. in Antarctica. No trees, isn't <laughs> there? Not yet. Not Maybe yet. in, a, in yeah. a hundred years.
1: Most of the work that we're doing now, we, we're still building uh, large machines. The excavator power or the auxiliary powered machines. We built some excavator powered uh, cutter heads, and. Like I said, right now I'm I'm working on a project for uh, Night Vision Laboratories on that uh, on the Menzie Muck. As far as the uh, that's a little uh, excavator that can climb climb up side of hills and basically over walls, but they're they're going to try to use that in uh, you know in. in that type of terrain to to find land mines.
0: I've seen that machine. It's got <laughs> like these little. It's an excavator with all these little like
1: legs, Yep.
0: and it climbs down like the steepest terrain.
1: Yep, and and that that's good for for uh, uneven terrain and and uh, you know mountainous regions where where they may have some some uh, land mine threats. But but basically, what what I do is is the the government or the the military night vision laboratories comes up and they go. You know, we were thinking about trying this on a on a skid steer, or we were trying thinking about trying this on a rubber-tired uh loader. We got some stuff we're going to do that. They said, Can you design us an armor-plated cab for like a, a John Deere 950? I okay, go, Yep. So, I've actually done uh farm tractors. They've, oh, really? They okay, they did. They did a uh, a John Deere tractor, and uh, we we designed a uh, an armor-plated cab for it. Okay, so it's, so
0: after the shin, then you started getting into the armor-plated adaptions. Yep. Um, so does the G-force? Is there still a G-force shock on the driver? Like, I guess you have people that measure that sort of thing.
1: Most of the most of the force goes through goes to the window and then the the shockwave moves past the, the the operator and that's where we got to equalize the, the pressure on the inside of the cab and the outside or the windows will actually blow out and whenever we did the the hungarian anti-tank mine test in chile uh we had every door on the caterpillar 320 we had every door locked the hood was locked the side doors were locked uh everything was locked and they set off two of those and we went down to look at the machine and every door was open the battery door the side doors the hood everything was open so it blew it open it the pressure inside blew the blew the doors open okay trying to equalize
0: so now you design them so there's sort of an air gap or something like that so it so you don't seal the driver off you sort of keep it.
1: No, no, no. We we uh you, we put a flap on top of the machine for two reasons uh, for emergency egress for the operator in case he needs to get out and also to equalize the pressure in the cab with the outside because to keep the the windows from from blowing out of the out of the machine.
0: Is there any chance that the explosion could somehow I guess rupture
1: the fuel tank or something, start a fire. Um. Oh,
0: they,
1: the the fuel tank. We've never had a problem w- with the fuel tank. Now you may you may catch a piece of shrapnel in there, but it, it, we've never we've never seen anything as as far as that goes. We, like I said, we we've, we've got uh, machine in Chile and they've they've hit six Hungarian anti tank mines in the past uh, year or so. And No problem. There's no problem. It's just just replaced the glass and the upholstery.
0: So in Chile. <laughs> so what happened in Chile? The war there.
1: <laughs> Chile, Chile's a, a, a an interesting uh, deal. The 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 Chileans and the Peruvians hate each other. They hate each other's guts. And so the, there's a there's a, a swag in the earth between Chile and Peru, and it's called the Arecibo Ditch. And the Chileans thought it would be a great idea to go out and put Hungarian anti-tank mines in a ditch yeah. right right across the border from Peru. Well, the Peruvians are sitting there looking down there, you know what, they're they're mining the ditch. And and I think that make, made them mad. So <laughs> there's a river that flows just on the other side of the border in, in Peru, and the ditch extends ends up into peru and what the peruvians did was divert the river into the ditch and so it washed all the landmines down the ditch and so the the chileans don't they don't know where the where the landmines are they don't know if they're upside down sideways have no idea so now they've got to go clean up their own minds <laughs> oh man
0: that's that sucks That's like <laughs> ultimate karma huh? yeah well you asked what happened <laughs> but unfortunately yeah.
1: that's bad decisions by the government and not, oh yeah not, not the people we we had to do a uh a test in the uh in the desert near arica uh chile and it was with the peruvian uh army and it was also with some technicians from uh Santiago and they came up and they wanted to verify that the the uh the cab would be sustainable against a Hungarian anti-tank mine threat and that's that's why we were there
0: okay hmm.
1: so I, we they did several tests and they whenever we showed up they 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 told us that this is going to be non-destructive testing and we've got the instruments that we don't have to do any explosions on the uh, on the actual machine. It, it, we we can monitor the machine, and and we don't have to do this. And then we we show up, and the Peruvian army comes out with a pickup load, a Ute, if you will, load of Hungarian anti tank mines, and I go whoa 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 whoa. I thought this was going to be non destructive testing. Oh, we want to see what it's gonna do with the actual mines. I said, If you if you blow this up, this belongs to Uncle Sam. This doesn't belong to me. <laughs> oh no, 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 no problem. We'll pay for everything. So that's that's how that we got into that situation and then they started doing the blast test and they started like fifty meters out and then they started getting closer and closer and closer and closer until they were right in front of the, the machine. And then they go we wanted to two stacked on top of one another. And mm. I said, Oh my God <laughs> And but as they're doing the test, the uh they they always do the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one, and they hit the detonator and they had a deck cord that goes out to C four that sets the uh the anti tank mine off. And they about the fourth or fifth time they did that Five, four, three, two, one, nothing. Five, four, three, two, one, nothing. And then all of the officers with the Chilean army, and there must have been nine of them up there, they all start looking simultaneously, start looking around at each other, and they're trying to pick out who the junior guy <laughs> is. Because, and they go, you. Send in the apprentice <laughs> home. You, you, You go down there. And they send him with a, a a fuse about twelve inches long, and and a lighter, and some C4. And they they send him down to the to the where the where the mine is, and uh, he's going down. And and I asked the guy who who was running this this deal. I said, How long is that fuse good for? He said, Well. Oh it's probably fifty seconds, but i don't, I told him it was only good for about ten <laughs> and oh. the guy the guy got the got the uh fuse lit and he looked like the road runner speedy <laughs> gonzales i i I've, I've never seen a guy run back up the hill so fast <laughs> oh wow
0: also he he went down with some C4, like, yep. like C four, like jelly night, or something. Right, and, and he and he he's put that next to the he
1: put it on top of the mine that didn't go the double off. Double mine, the the double mine that didn't go off, and now he's down there. And, it, puts, and it's one of those
0: old school fuses. Yeah, that go oh whoosh. yeah,
1: oh yeah. It's like it's like something you'd see on uh, on the cartoons. Bugs bunny. But, yeah. yeah, and he lights this thing he, and lights it, and then once it gets going, then I'm telling you that you, it's like a little trail of dust coming back up. Up the heel from
0: he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a road runner <laughs> nice so and this
1: the young guy they sent in what he he just joined the army or something like that he was a, he was a junior guy I, I don't know if he just joined the army but he he didn't have as many uh many stripes, stripes or whatever on on him and they said you go down there. <laughs> oh no
0: <laughs> yeah and that's not yeah that's the old that's a bit um you know the old play the prank on the apprentice. Oh thing. yeah, yeah. <laughs> stepped up a bit, hey. Yep. <laughs> Go play with the tank
1: mine. That's like, right. Couldn't yeah. he have
0: set off the tank mine by putting something on top of it too?
1: Now, they but they they put them put them down, and and the way they set them off is with C four and C four and and cord and so it, it it takes a lot of. Takes a lot of pressure to to set one off, or you got to, you've got to really you've got to have. Uh, it's either metal activated or pressure activated.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, so, oh, it, so it's like a magnetic mine, so yeah. it'll only go off from a tank, or... right? And
1: and and you got to think about the way tank mines work. Is you've got to actually drive over it, and they want it to weight. So it's got until...
0: to be a certain weight. Limit to set it off? Or no, it, no,
1: it no. It's it actually. It's actually most of them are are magnetic and with a a large magnetic mass of, that moves over them, and once it detects it, it's got a timer, and then it goes off. and And they normally will not go off unless they get that that signal, and that's why they set them off with DECCORD cord and
0: uh, and C4. Okay, um, <clears throat> hold on, I gotta think about this. How how were you supp- and that's how you were setting it off in the first place? Like how did that test
1: fail? The the, the test was a, was a uh, uh, they had a a uh, a detonator and and a det cord, which is actually a, a basically an electronic cord that goes down. And a detonator is a little
0: explosive device. It's a
1: blasting cap on, on the blasting cap blasting cap on the mine. And that would set off in, dynamite or something in 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 C four, which would set off enough explosion to make the to to make the mine go off. Okay, that, that's how they they set off most of these anti tank mines. Whenever we do tests,
0: okay, yeah. So I guess you could use those same blast caps to set off TNT in the mines oh, or yeah. something.
1: Yeah, like that. that's exactly what they do. That's um, in in mining and and uh, in construction. That's what they use is uh, is blasting caps
0: so why why Australia are you staying here
1: uh, we we've been visiting Australia for sixteen years, and uh we came down and fell in love with the place and uh we bought a place but we we could only get back you know about twice a year and my wife retired after forty six years at the bank and I said, "Where do you want to move and uh where do you want to retire to and she said i want to go I want to go to Australia and I said, okay, I guess we're gonna go to Australia
0: yeah." It's a little more relaxed than the U.S.? Oh, yeah.
1: I think it's a great place to be considering what's going on in the U.S. now.
0: Oh, the riots everywhere? Oh, yeah. Mm. Well, I guess they'll work that out slowly. They'll run out of steam. Um, So was there ever a stage that, you know, in your initial development of the Shin... Is that what you call it?
1: Yeah, shin cutter. Or-
0: your shin cutter. Yeah. Was yeah. there ever like a, a moment in time when you came up with the idea and you were talking about developing it, where you doubted it, where you thought, "No, this is too hard. I'm not going to do it."
1: Well, I think you, I think there's always some doubt in your mind, and and especially whenever you take on a project that big, and and uh, yeah, and and the and our problem, not a problem, but normally when people do this they do small. They go they put a, they build a small cutter head and they might put a small engine on and go out and test it and we we went in reverse. We went directly to two hundred and sixty horsepower and, and a twenty four inch diameter, thirty six inch wide cutter head and and uh, you know, I guess we 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 back engineered it from the from the most expensive side.
0: Yeah! Wow, oh, you went straight yeah. for full size. Yeah. There's no prototypes. There.
1: No, no prototype. Uh, uh,
0: yeah. Well, it seems to have worked out well. For yeah. you. Hey?
1: Well, it 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 has. It, 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 I, I'm very fortunate, and uh, we've had we've had very good success.
0: Uh, do you think if you had made that smaller prototype, it wouldn't have come to where it
1: did today? I I don't I don't know. I don't think it would because the the market that we were looking at. You've got to have uh, some major production uh, capability to uh, get what you need to get done quickly, because these these land clearing—I mean the uh, underground utility contractors—they they they just want to get on the job. They they want to get to get this out of the way, you know, the vegetation.
0: Yeah, and you you put like you put something really really powerful, which is run by hydraulics, which is. It's also super powerful on yep. probably one of the most versatile machines in the world so yep. yeah you really created a, an awesome hybrid there yeah um yeah and hydraulics are really powerful huh? Hey?
1: oh yeah We've, we're running uh on the big units we're running 173 gallons a minute at 5,000 psi that's mm. that's 250 bar yeah okay. <laughs> sounds
0: good I'm, I don't, Yeah, I don't, yeah. <laughs> i'm not a mechanical engineer but it sounds <laughs> yeah. pretty powerful it is it's I know if if you break a hose on an excavator, yeah, and or it can have these like pinholes in the hose, right? And I know that it's so powerful the pressure that it can go through your skin into your bloodstream, and you can't even see this stream of hydraulic fluid, so it's quite dangerous.
1: And give you an idea, what we're doing is a normal excavator runs at about thirty four hundred psi, and our system runs at five thousand psi, and it it can spike up to six thousand.
0: Wow, it's twice as much. Yeah, almost. You should probably be making uh, excavator
1: engines as well, huh? <laughs> well, we we started started uh, prototyping, and, and uh, I've got another a, a company that's that's doing this now. There's, there's, he's got his own company, but he's using our cutter heads, and they've actually taken uh, machines and taken the the stock engine out of the excavator. Uh, and putting a 650 horsepower engine in place of it that runs the whole machine and runs the excavator and and a cutterhead. Yeah, that's smart. Yep.
0: So you're amping up, what's that, like retrofitting an excavator to make it just better?
1: Still using the same hydraulic pumps and hydraulic systems on the the excavator, but we're adding the... the okay. extra pump for for the attachment
0: and the uh, standard hydraulics can handle that.
1: Yeah, yeah. the 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 standard hydraulics are are basically set to what the the OEM. If, if it's Cat, it's already it's set to their settings and whatever. All of the extra power of the engine is is directed to the attachment.
0: Okay. Hmm. Yeah, shit. I'd work for you. It sounds like a <laughs> a great job. If you're if you're sick of it, I'd love to do that. <laughs> uh, you know, looking for a new, uh, I don't know, representative. It's
1: not boring. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you get to go blow stuff up. Yeah.
0: And- <laughs> yeah. Travel over the world. It's like it's, so. It's humanitarian work as well, huh? Oh yeah. But through the contracting industry. Yep. Oh, so the shin cutter. If that hits a mine, can the mine blow that up? And damage it enough that it won't work, or you've sort of
1: engineered against them? Well, the, what we do is we look at at threat levels, and whenever we go into to a situation, and they take the machine in, they will look at the threat level and see, okay, what kind of mines do we do we have here? And ninety percent of the time, it's it's anti personnel, so and it won't have any effect on. It. In fact, they they started. Testing the machine at A.P. Hill, where they had uh, heli- helicopter uh, gunship uh, ranges, practice ranges, and where they have targets pop pop up, and the guys sitting there hovering, and he fires these these live rounds at him, and uh, they they fired so many, and they had so much unexploded ordnance out in this field that they nobody would go out and cut the trees down mm. because everything. <laughs> Yeah. You can't get it you can't get somebody to go out and, and start chainsawing trees in that environment. And so they took this machine out and, and started there and uh started cutting trees down. And the guy that was running the machine said he'd start grinding a machine da- a, a tree down and he said it'd be about halfway down the tree and then he'd hear this explosion and see all this leaves and bark go everywhere and stop the machine, go out there and look at it and no problem. Evidently, it hit one of these, uh, one of these rounds that was stuck in the tree that didn't go off. Okay, so the machine's the way to go. Yeah, and 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 here again, you, you understanding the threat level is important whenever you. Oh, you so start so you're
0: saying the mines actually traveling up the tree as it grows? No, no, no. This, these it's were stuck st- on the ground. These
1: were stuck in the trees because they they had let the trees, the vegetation, grow over this range. And yeah. these guys were missing the target and hitting trees. And whenever they hit the tree, it didn't go off sometimes and it stuck go stuck in the, in the tree.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you mentioned also um, assessing the risk level. So, what sort of risk levels are
1: there? Like one to five? Or? Well, you, well, you you go threat level, threat level, and sorry. and and the threat level is is you start at any personnel mines, which is the bottom end of the scope for people. That's and that's 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 the the guy that just blows the bottom of your foot off and maims you. And then you go from there all the way up to anti-tank mine, which is the top of the scale, which is meant to be powerful enough to disable a tank. And so whenever we look at threat levels, we also look at the environment. And so you, you can have uh anti-personnel mines in in environments where there's it's sandy and it's easy to find them easy to detect them or set them off or you've got them in wooded areas where the trees have grown up over them same thing with uh with uh anti-tank mines anti-tank mines can be in a in a desert environment yet they're they're very lethal and and it's uh you you've got a higher threat level, but easier detection. Why is it a higher threat level? Because it's an anti-tank
0: mine. Anti-tank mine, not yep. because of the environment.
1: Right, but but you've got to. You, whenever you start looking at solutions to finding the mines and and uh, neutralizing the mines, you always look at the environment they're in: sand, uh, gravel, uh, forest and 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 the tool that you use to go in and try to either neutralize them or detonate them is going to be based on 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 that environment yeah fair
0: enough yeah so it's very the technique to dig them up is very specific to that environment yep whether it's forest or jungle or desert
1: sand and uh, that's that's
0: why you said AP Hill in America has right. uh, simulations of all those different facilities
1: they've got basically five lanes and it goes from uh, bitumen to concrete to gravel dirt uh, and basically, um, so grants, if, if anyone son.
0: thinks they know how to do it, they
1: can go there and yeah. pr- prove it to the U.S. Army. And they and they know exactly where the mines are, and, and they've got them GPS located. And if you if you've got a great idea, and you you think that you can tell exactly where the mines are, they're all inert. They're they're, they're, they're but they're still the same thing. That they they're all they have no detonators on them, but they've got the same mass and and uh, weight of what you would encounter in the field, and they go, go for it. Tell us where they're at. Oh yeah, <laughs> sign, sign a uh, disclaimer. Yeah, well, it's <laughs> well, it's 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 all inert, so they, they've, they they none of them will go off, but they. uh oh, okay, it, it's okay. A, it's a still still the still the real deal. I was gonna, uh,
0: I was going to say it'd be hard to get insurance for that. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's the safety meeting before yeah. that one?
1: We They've had uh, universities come up with, I mean, you get everything in the world, I mean, guys come up with umbrellas that uh, are supposedly being able to detect the mines, and you know, of course, maybe it, it doesn't work. and What do you uh, mean, they bring an umbrella? They bring an umbrella that's wired up to... A, a, Oh, a yeah. piece of equipment, you know, you'll get anything. Yeah, like an in, antenna. Or yeah, yeah, you'll get anything and everything. At the, the university came up and they put loudspeakers with, mm. with subwoofers. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. And they and they they were trying to detect them sonically. What about,
0: is it, do you get psychics turning up? Saying, <laughs> I, I, can, I can feel where they are.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, and, and probably get a guy with a divining rod that used to to go out and look for water you know and say, oh it's right here oh it's right here <laughs> i i don't i don't know that i'd be following follow them very closely whenever they're trying to go out and detect these in real life <laughs> so the, the shin cutter itself doesn't detonate
0: the mine it's just there to de-vegetate
1: we that's why we we whenever we put the uh the armor-plated cab on it. Sometimes they they will detonate a mine, and and it it doesn't have it, it, the the drum is uh, about one inch thick, and so and it's made out of a four one seamless pressure pipe, so it, it 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 won't it won't damage the drum. Okay. So uh, it, it it it's a non-event for the for the operator most of the time. Okay, yeah. so
0: after you so okay, you clear the vegetation, then, and if you no mines went off, then you'll run a bulldozer through that to pick up any mines because they can be like half a meter or a meter deep. Yeah.
1: Well, the, most of them are about six, uh, six inches or less, and uh, that's where you you send the bomb bomb sniffing dogs in, and the the dogs will go out and locate the mines, and then you send people out to get the mines to detonate them. Well, to, to dig them up. These guys are good. They've got more courage than I do, but they they go out and, and actually start digging, and they know how to dig the, the mine up without, without hitting
0: a pressure plate. So someone will go out there and get on their hands and knees and start digging? Yep.
1: They're, these are... 90% of the time, these are local local people that are specifically trained to to do this. They know... They've got an idea within probably a, a half a meter square of where where the mine is, and they slowly work their way in to that that position and and try to get up under the mine and find it. And uh, they they've got very specific work wor- rules. They can't can't walk work more than uh, four hours at a time. They take an hour off and then they go again in four hours. So it's it's you can imagine it's very stressful. <laughs> uh yeah.
0: I so what sort of person does it take to do that job? Some, I <laughs> it's somebody that,
1: that's better than me. I I really I can't imagine doing that. But they they've got people and, and they're and they're dedicated. And if you think about it, you got locals who are willing to get training, like Cambodians or, or Mozambicans or, or Angolans or whoever whoever it is, they're willing to put put their lives on the line and get training and do this type of work in order to reclaim the land so they can start farming again, start, start making good use of it. So this would be more local people than a career path of choice? Well it, it it's 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 local definitely local people that uh but they they willingly step up because it uh, they're it's it's their community.
0: Is there such thing as a professional landmine <laughs> digger who gets on these things, or they don't exist for
1: long? Is that well, how that works? No, or? no, no. <laughs> no. They, but uh the what the uh, Army and uh, and Night Vision Laboratories has done is is realize that the most the most valuable asset that you've got on the ground in finding these landmines are the people who live there because they're the people that are most dedicated and most affected by what what's happening and 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 they're 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 ready to go in.
0: Couldn't we build a, another machine just to put on top of that soil if it's only a square meter and just grind and hammer away until it sets something <laughs> off? Like, wouldn't that be a
1: well? I I, I developed a a, a landmine tiller and uh, yeah something like that. The the tiller works on the end of the excavator and it's got the tines that go down and imagine a, a giant garden tiller. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see, it, it. it, but it's on the website, yeah? right? No. And it, but. It, the The key there is is uh dispersion of energy and and that's the case in every every situation If you can set the mine off and not capture the energy just if if you've got it where it can explode out into open air then you've you minimize the amount of damage that that it can do
0: okay, I'll pick them up and move them. And- do yeah. yeah. pick them up and it picks them up and moves? them? No, no, no. no. It
1: ac- it actually sets them off. But but as yeah. the tines come down, if it sets one off, then that energy it, it's out on yeah. it's out on the end of that uh, of a stick, and that, and the tine comes down, and that energy is dispersed. Mm, so that explosion way. that explosion can 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 be released into the air, as opposed to a, a tank going over the mine, and then capturing all of the energy on top of it so sort of like the firecracker analogy where you 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 hold a firecracker in your hand you blow your you blow your finger off but if you set one off with your palm open you might get a little burn okay that's good to know (laughs) i didn't know (laughs) we don't play with firecrackers here they made them illegal well, well
0: so these guys once they well so they always go in and dig them up or just sometimes now depending on what sort of mines they think they are
1: they always have they always go in and and do and and dig them up because you you've got to make sure that you've got everything as much as you can gone from from that area before you 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 turn people loose and let them go back in and start firing yeah last thing you want to do is say all right all right this this is all clear and and then you get the local people go in there, and you have
0: a big accident. Mm, yeah, that'd be. Then they might blame you for saying it's safe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so these local guys get paid. Yes. They do. Yep. Decent wages or local wages.
1: They get paid paid by the the uh, government. Whatever that that government. Oh, decides they get they get that.
0: paid by their local government.
1: Right. We the the United States government doesn't do any. Uh, clearance of the mines. We don't operate the the equipment. We just supply the equipment to get the vegetation out of the way, and in some cases, we supply the equipment to to get the mines out of out of the ground. Okay, so you
0: yourself haven't had to get down on your hands and knees and dig no. one up. No, oh, no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah,
1: you don't want to. No, I was I was in Mozambique and. <laughs> They had a whole a hole full of of inert mines that they they'd found any personnel mines, and I'm talking about probably a foot deep and and four four feet wide, and it's full of mines, and and it's got the detonators. They they take the detonators out of them so they won't go off. Okay. This guy's coming. Saying, Let me show you what we found. Come over here. Come over here. And He picks up a, one of these mines. He says yes. see, This is a anti-personnel mine, and he starts pushing on the top, oh. on the on the top of the uh, the the plate. And I'm sitting there going, no, I can't get far away. No, here. no. But but it was it was inert. But he he had a whole a whole cache of uh, of mines that they had found. That's a little too confident for me. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm sitting there going, no, no, no,
0: no. So these guys will dig them up and then they'll defuse them.
1: Right, they take the, there's a there's a little screw on the side of them. You take it out, and that's the that's the detonator. They never booby trapped for this. No, no, it, that's it, too they're, cruel. They're, yeah. Well, they're t- well, they're they're cheap. They, these things are these things are so cheap, and they, it's sort of like they they mass produce them, and oh, these really? guys these guys buy them. So for, who's making them? Well, that's a th- are you allowed to answer this? I'm gonna. Not gonna get you in trouble. I'm just gonna say this: some of them may come from various sources, North Korea, and some of North Korea's buddies, are... Mm, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah friends I'm, of friends, yeah, of, friends North of North Korea, friends. yeah,
0: yeah, some dictatorships that yeah, yeah, yeah. May yeah. possible you, trade partners. You yeah.
1: can you can probably list mm. use your imagination. Hey? Yeah. yeah, but they they uh, but they they have a vested interest in in controlling. The governments then uh, are controlling which oh. way well, that's the government true. goes, then then they'll say, We've got, we'll give you a deal.
0: Well, yeah, if you're going to try to maintain political power and yep. these people will do anything. Huh? Yep. So actually, I have a personal story. So I was in Germany, I was working on a farm. I'm digging down, digging down, we're digging fence posts, and I'm like, chink with a shovel. Chink, chink. I'm like, What's that? Anyway, I went, finished the job for the day i thought it was a rock or something went home and the the farmer checked it out and it was an ant, it was a tank rocket from world war 2 oh wow and it so that's a fucking it's <laughs> going to blow up a tank or a building or whatever and
1: and there you are beating on it with yeah the with a shuttle. shovel like an idiot like some t- some tourist from australia imagine that
0: like an Australian gets blown up from a bomb from world war 2 <laughs> like that's that'd be ironic yeah but what had happened was it was sort of on a hillside and they think it had been fired over the hill and it sort of entered the grass layer and got pushed under the grass. Yep. And, yeah, and then they ended up, the German army came and they had like a robot, Mm. and the robot went up to it and shot it and then detonated They had like the full, like a drone set up with a screen and the antennas and everything. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, if people don't think it can affect them, I mean, it, it's not a problem yeah. here in Australia, but I mean, it almost was a problem for me, yeah. and that oh, would have been pretty bad. Yeah, and uh, my job the next day was to fill in the hole that it blew up in this farmer's field because it was oh. quite a big hole. It was like a <laughs> meter, a <laughs> meter wow. round hole or something, in deep.
1: So <laughs> I didn't dig that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, there's like I'll fill in the hole that almost blew up and killed you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. But sorry, these those brave people that um. Dig them up. I was thinking maybe they should get something like free beer for life. <laughs> they should. <laughs> I don't know. They're kind of heroes. And
1: uh, they are. And they, they, uh, is there a charity uh, for them? I th- not that I'm aware of. But they, they're like I said, it's it's locals. The, the people who are digging up the uh, the mines in Mozambique are Mozambicans. The, the people who are doing this in in Cambodia are are Cambodian citizens. But they're they're basically local people who. Are are wanting to get this this plague out of their, their backyard?
0: They, they don't get a medal, or medal or any recognition. <laughs> no medals. They just survive another day. They they get to go home. <laughs> Maybe they should. <laughs> I dug up ten thousand mines. Oh yeah. I think if anyone's out there and they want to start a GoFundMe for
1: them. Yeah. Well, it, it's the if you want to if you want to see exactly who they are, you you can go online and they. Uh, Cambodian uh, humanitarian demining—they've—they've they, they've got a whole whole uh, system set up. That—that's the, the whole department in in Cambodia that does this, and then and then Mozambique, same thing. It's Mozambique is the uh, the military generally runs it, and. Yeah, but, you know, I'm not going to give money to an African military. I'm I'm not sure it'll
0: end up fairly dispersed. Oh, well, come on. (laughs) It'll be like every other charity. It never trickles down to the actual person that that needs it. You may get one cent out of a dollar. I mean, come on. Well, maybe. Yeah, well, we need someone to, like, go and hand hand out cash to these guys Mm. on the job. Yeah. That's not possible.
1: That's the, the problem. Is you got to get the money in. And let's say that again. If if if. The if problem, I if the, I raise money for this. The problem has always been in the third world countries, and I'm not going to mention any on any particular continent. But if you raise money for any cause in that country, it generally will go straight to the government. The government controls all money going in and out. And mm. once the government gets a hold of it, then all of a sudden, it evaporates down to pennies on the dollar, and that's that's the way of the world. Actually, happens here too. <laughs> uh, you'll you'll see uh, the people out of the goodness of their heart. Like like live aid for Africa. Millions and millions of dollars were donated to Africa. And I don't know where it went. <laughs> it probably went to some a bunch of limousines and some I don't know. Yep. <laughs> I know it. And you you got all you had all that money that, that was raised. And it was the problem is that whenever it gets into Africa, it goes through the government, and then it goes from the government to the people, and there's your big filter right there, from from where it comes in, and where it goes out. Yeah, it's going to get lost at the border.
0: It, again, you can't bring in cash. Well, you could bring in small amounts under ten grand.
1: Yeah, and uh, that would be. I, having it's brought, dangerous having brought parts into Mozambique for the machine that was demining their country and brought them through customs, Oh, they want you to pay tax on your machine on duty they wanted yeah, they on the value would, they wanted ten thousand dollars on the parts for the machine that's clearing the landmines mm-hmm. in the country. that's the problem, yep
0: that's a thing too
1: and 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 we are we are very lucky having the ability to continue to supply this demining equipment to these countries because who knows when they're going to go all right you can't if you're going to bring this in it's going to be thirty thousand dollars fifty thousand dollars hundred thousand dollars and it's all humanitarian demining equipment, and it's free. It doesn't cost anything. All you got to do is put fuel in it. Put we'll train the operator, and away you go. So
0: the American government's donating this? Yes. Forever, or they get it back? They
1: they put it out on a uh, on a time basis. So you 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 get this this equipment for this long. You put the fuel in it. We'll train your people to run it. You give us reports and and uh and tell us how much how much land that you cleared. How many how many landmines you found?
0: Yeah, so about that, um so there is data on how I guess effective it is, but is there data on like how much more effective your machines made this?
1: Yes. that's that's one of the one of the um that's one of the qualifications I've given of, of supplying these units is that we get quantifiable data back on the effectiveness of, yeah. of of how effective it was in this soil type against this threat level, and how much did you clear? How many landmines did you? How many landmines did you find? And how many? How much acres did you
0: clear? Hmm. Okay, um, but is there stats on? All right. So yeah. obvi- obviously, your invention, the shin cutter, made it a lot easier to clear these landmines. Um, is there any idea of exactly how much more efficient it is now because of the shin cutter?
1: It's it's incredibly more in- efficient and because, safer and safer because we can we can actually clear trees, get the vegetation out of the way, which is the first step and. Once you get the vegetation out of the way, you've cleared the the first hurdle in in demining the land. And before before this, they've they didn't have that. They've they had they. You wouldn't believe the money they've spent on on developing off the floor prototypes and.
0: millions of dollars well it would have been almost impossible before because so the problem is (coughs) these mines were planted 20 30 years ago i'm guessing and then trees have grown on top or a forest it used to be a field or whatever there's a lot more vegetation so people couldn't have gone in on foot and right so you have to literally clear the land to dig up these mines because trees have grown on top of vegetation's grown on top of it and it was just impossible before. You've got
1: you've got to get the get the vegetation out of the way, all the way to the ground. Actually, about four four to five inches below the ground. So we're we're not only grind, grinding down to ground level, we're grinding down four, four to five inches below uh, the mulch level in the in the uh, forest. And at that point, we're within two inches of the mines. Okay, and you'll and if there is a
0: landmine under a tree, like under the center of it, say there's the trunk and then the roots splay out, it can actually be in under the bottom of the trunk. Yeah, yeah. it can be under the so t- will you grind roots. through the trunk to the roots till you
1: can just see roots? We we grind through about four inches, so you still most of these trees. If remember, it's probably 16, 17, 20 years old. But they're they're not where these trees are growing are they don't get that big, but they they get substantial enough to where. Uh, it's not like an oak tree or or uh, what you folks got here in in Australia, but it's it's mm-hmm. a pretty substantial tree. But it's we can get down to the point that that uh, it's it's through the through the the uh, the stump to the Point that the uh, dogs uh, sniffing dogs. That dog makes no. That can. makes
0: sense. Okay, so it's not an. They're not old growth trees, right. like a large gum tree or right. a large no. pine
1: in the. They haven't forest. been there. have been there for fifty, sixty years. These these have only been and there for twenty. And it's usually 15,
0: twenty years. It's usually tropical environments, so right. they're fast growing trees. Right. So they're quite light timber. Um, mm-hmm. They're easy to get through.
1: Yep. Mm,
0: okay. Interesting. So I guess you're because of the shin cutter, like it's not really a measurable figure. It's just a lot, a lot safer and a lot easier and faster and everything. Yeah.
1: Well, you, we could probably pull it up because they've they've maintained excellent records on production, and that's what the the role of Night Vision Laboratories in giving these people this equipment is is to, is to quantify uh, various methods of of land clearing and and that's what they track that that's how they they substantiate to the government that we need to keep keep funding this okay so say
0: hypothetically speaking there's a, a farm plot it's square or rectangular whatever there's cows in it um and they fenced off the area outside that and they say there might be landmines around this fence so what you you'll get a, a digger or an excavator and drive up to that edge, and then start clearing brush, and then you'll clear that area of mines to make a clear way, and then you can move into there, and then just ex- slowly expand out. Is that how it works?
1: Right. But uh, now, what? What? So you'll slowly the, move the, out the, from the, one point. Of the, and the thing about having the armor-plated cab and the excavator is, even if you go into to virgin territory, say, say we're going to. We know there's landmines in this area and we're going to clear from here to the right and we're going to go four hectares to the right at uh, 500 meters. You go in and you you clear the lane that you're sitting in and you clear it as, as, as wide as you can reach with the excavator. And if you hit one, and they've hit them, they've they've run over them, they've run over these anti-personnel mines, and the and the biggest damage that you they've got is that it sort of bent the track on the excavator, and that's where it comes becomes very important to know what the threat level is. We're dealing with anti-personnel mines, yeah, instead of anti-tank mines. You you run over an anti personnel mine. Hey, eh, you may may bend a track. It may not. But it's no you, problem for an excavator. Yeah. You run, you 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 run over a you run over a uh, an anti tank mine and you may have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And that could injure the driver. Oh yeah. Well, and that's why that's why it's important to have the the uh, the armor protection on the cab, just in case you run into something that you you don't know about.
0: And apart from so, there's just armor armor protection around the cab. Like, do you do anything else for his seating and cushioning inside the cab in case there is a big hit? Like, do you make you know? There's always that springy seat, right? Like, do you do anything extra for we, the driver?
1: No, we just we just surround operator? we we surround the the uh, operator with uh, half inch uh, mill spec armor plate, and then we've got what's nil spec man. Mil spec means that it's 7.62 NATO rated, uh, which means you can fire a, a 7.62 round at it at at x velocity from from x range, and it it'll it won't penetrate the cap. So it's a rating system, right?
0: Mm. Okay, that's good. <laughs> it's just one of the ways we do things. <laughs> yeah. Um. And you were saying <clears throat> so do you know how many hectares exactly or around about approximately the shin cutter has cleared of landmines? I don't know
1: exactly how much our equipment has cleared. I know that according to Night Vision Laboratories, there's been six three 360 hectares cleared to date. It's probably more than that because that's a little dated uh, information, but you think about it that's a lot of land that's been restored to farmland that yeah. they can they can actually go out and grow grow crops on yeah so that's since
0: night vision has started they started before you guys or?
1: yeah yeah they've been they've been doing this for for a while but like i said they whenever they started it started back when princess diana got did, involved did she have anything to do with night vision laboratories she she was an impetus for for the U.S. Army and Night Vision Laboratories to start going out and and doing this type of work for humanitarian demining. And they developed this this program out of what they were already doing. There was any tank and any mine, and and then it it evolved into uh,
0: humanitarian demining. that's a nice legacy she left. Yeah. Most people don't realize.
1: Yep. Well, uh, just to give you a little, a little bit more information on the humanitarian demining and, and the way it works, the the U.S. government night vision laboratories develops the prototypes. They develop different systems to to look for for landmines and to neutralize them. And after they've successfully tested them, at A.P. Hill, Fort A.P. Hill in Virginia they'll make they've got a catalog and these countries that have these mines uh Cambodia uh, Mozambique wherever they can look at this catalog and depending on the soil type and the threat level they can say can we try x y and z in in our environment and the government will let them they'll send them the equipment they've got to put fuel in it uh, the government will train their personnel to operate it, how to, how to, how to use it safely and effectively, and all they do is uh, request that the 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 government that they sent the the machines to give them production figures on how much how much did you clear how effective was it uh, yada yada. But, but it's it's really uh, uh
0: so this is foreign governments requesting yes this
1: uh, company. The, the the problem with landmines, that the, most of the landmines in the, in the world is they're located in third world countries, and they they really don't have the the means, uh, financial means to do this on their own, and so that's where night vision humanitarian demining. So night
0: vision is sort of a U.S. government
1: company. It, it's a U.S. It's a U.S. Army director. That mm. that's a it's it's part of the U.S. Army, but it's the it's the humanitarian demining arm of the uh, so that's something positive about the u.s army
0: because i think a lot of people have a lot of negative things to say about it right
1: well that's this is this is one place that they're they're,
0: i think they're doing well also something i'd like to point out i think if you develop a technology that eventually it has other applications and this is a perfect example of something good that's come from Uh, these machines and allowing them to be developed over time so you can use anything for something positive or negative
1: well um, another advantage of this machine even in clearing is that the whenever you go through and you clear with this machine you've got trees and then when whenever you're done you've got a 50 foot wide layer of mulch Mm, all the mulch you're not taking anything out of the out of the forest you, the, all of the material still there. Whenever they come in and lay the pipe, they can push the mulch to one side. They can dig the ditch. They can actually lay the, the materials, like the pipe, all of that on top of the mulch, and push the mulch side, dig the ditch, lay the pipe, fill the ditch in, and spread the mulch back up. And so you still got all the nutrients there, mm-hmm. and it's the best source point erosion control in the world because and unlike a silt fence where you put a silt fence down at the bottom of the hill and you wait for the rainwater to take all of the, the dirt and soil down and catch it the mulch actually disperses the raindrops as it hits the mulch and and it, and it keeps the the soil from washing away because it it, it dissipates the it energy stops of the rain. erosion
0: you don't need to pull the stumps out which leaves the root base right. holds the
1: soil as well and it and it gives the if you if you're doing construction Work, it gives the machinery something to some support as you're you're taking materials in and out, and as you're putting the pipeline in, you're you're actually walking on the tops of stumps
0: mm, that have been grinded right down, down, smooth with the ground, right
1: down, and and now you've got that support in addition to the mulch. We actually sold a machine to a a, a, a farm it's actually a ranch in Montana and resort and they had all of these trees that they had cut down and but they they cut the trees down and they left the stumps and this this owner of this place he's going crazy he said I I can't afford to grind all these stumps out and I said I got a machine that will probably do a stump about every yeah 30 seconds and it can it can do about 15 sitting in one place because he could reach from stump to stump to stump to stump and mm-hmm. then walk forward and do it again
0: awesome and i guess i'll probably start at, at the start of this i'll describe what it is it's like a drum and it's got these teeth on it yep. that sort of in like a u shape attached to it and it spins super fast and that's yep. how it grinds and, it.
1: and what in the, the and the process that you do if you got a tree like a imagine a, a 40 foot tree mm-hmm. and you want to take that tree down. You go up with the excavator, and it's got a bumper on the front of the cutter head, and you, you walk the excavator. You pick it up to about 15 feet, 20 feet, and you walk the excavator into the uh, tree, and you get the tree leaning away from you. You get it leaning that way, mm-hmm. uh, away from the machine. Yeah. Then you roll the cutter head up into it, and you knock the top out of it. It cuts the top out, and the top drops down over here. Then you grind the stump down. And then you go over and ground, ground the top up, and then you get to the next one. So you can do selective clearing. This is the only machine that's been allowed on uh, Augusta National Golf Course where they play the Masters Okay. because they had to put a pipeline in there and they wanted to just take this tree and this tree and this tree out. So it's just more
0: efficient, more accurate.
1: Right, and you can be very selective.
0: I drove a I drove an excavator. I was learning to drive one, but I blew it up somehow. I was just like picking it up and putting the dirt. I was building a land bridge across a big gully. Right. And I was at the top of this pile and just as I let go, something went underneath me and it just started rocking and started spinning uncontrollably. Wow. On top of this pile and it was started rocking like side to side. I thought I was going to tumble over. And it just kept spinning. I could I pressed the emergency stop. It just wouldn't stop spinning. I don't know. Do you know what would have gone wrong in the digger then? Was it? I don't know if it was my fault. I know it was so expensive. I didn't get a chance to drive it again. <laughs> that was the end of that. I really wanted to drive it.
1: Yeah, you did a number on it. I'd like to know what you did.
0: <laughs> oh, me too. Yeah. Oh, so people are still planting
1: landmines today as well. Uh yes. Unfortunately, they are. At, 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 usually it's in um it's in areas between countries that that have conflict and you you look at you look at a, any country that's got that, like around Syria those type places they're still putting uh, landmines in they they they're a little bit more careful about how they they map them and and GP, gps locate them but but they're still going in uh, most of the the third world countries aren't uh, they've, they've learned a lesson, and now they're they're having to deal with the problem that they created.
0: Mm. Oh, so they're trying to like kill morally now in, <laughs> in modern times. So that at least they know where the landmines are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Ideally, if they win the war, they'll go back and dig them up. They can
1: go back and dig them up, and then then return the the land to the farmers. Yeah.
0: Well, I, th- I saw the U.S. was working on these new landmines or something the US still wants to make their own land oh
1: there's there's in a safe way there's some uh, there's some up at AP Hill is where they they actually where's where's AP Hill what is this Fort AP Hill Virginia is probably one of the largest army uh, installations of training sites in in the United States and this is where they do uh, they do testing for uh, the anti-tank anti-mine and they also do uh, training for uh, the the soldiers and uh,
0: oh, okay, I so mean, it's a it, test
1: facility, it, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, okay. right. Government run.
1: Yep, but they've got at AP Hill. They have got uh, examples of, of the mines. There's a there was a French anti personnel mine or anti tank mine, and it's about seven eight inches in diameter, and it's got a a, a copper top on it, and it. It, whenever it set, it detonates. It excel acceler- it melts, and accelerates the copper into a ball. And the copper will go through four inches of armor plate. Wow! And once it gets through it, it explodes on the inside. But you can look. They have one up there that they set one off in, and you look around. It's armor personnel carried, and you look around, and there's little iridescent dots where the copper came out.
0: So it burns through the tank and burns around inside. It
1: it it, it burns mm. straight through the armor. Mm. Now, the, now the U.S. had one that's it's uh, it's two stage mine, and it, the first stage is phosphorus and it blows a hole in the bottom of the tank. Yeah. So these are all set to where you, you you activate it and you got to let the tank get over it. And the most vulnerable part of a tank Thunder, is the bottom. Yeah. So it blows a hole in the bottom of the tank. First step. Second step has got a little frisbee. about three, four inches in diameter. And the charge on that is set at an angle to where it starts spinning this frisbee at about thirteen thousand RPM and it shoots it up through the hole. Yeah. And then it just goes in there and goes ding 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 ding. The, oh, wow. the, the the idea is you don't have to disable the tank, you disable the crew. If you mm. get if you got the crew, you got the tank. That's that's pretty logical and,
0: and scary, <laughs> psych, psychopathically logical, yeah. but...
1: Well, it, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's, uh, this is just copper. It's called a, I think it's a Julianne effect. Whenever you, you accelerate and heat copper at a, a, a rate that fast, it actually goes through. It doesn't make any sense, but it will actually go through four inches of uh, armor plate. Mm.
0: Well, that's the other thing. If you work in these industries, you get to learn about... How stuff really works.
1: Yeah, it's it's always interesting. To Good to APL. They've they've got everything from wooden mines to uh, wooden. Yeah, <laughs> and and you can't. To, they said that the 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 Vietnamese were one of the most ingenuitive people as far as explosives and and uh, mines because they could take a, a clothespin and and put copper or put uh, a chewing gum wrapper on the clothespin. And then put two wires on the clothespin, and hook it up to a a a a, a blast device. And they'd string a, a a piece of string across the path, and and so whenever they came through, you can't detect metal detector does not detect a piece of string. No. And whenever these guys would come through, they they trip over the wire. Or the, the the piece of string, it pulls the, the piece of cardboard out of the clothespin. The clothespin goes together and sets the explosive off.
0: Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> it's just the reality of Yeah. Yeah. So, was there any way that you it would imagine your life would go this way?
1: Or... No. <laughs> no. It's uh... <laughs> no, not really. You just <laughs> but, went with it, eh? Yeah. And uh, but it's been a, it's been a hell of a ride. <laughs> nice man.
0: Well, um, how many landmines are there in the world?
1: Oh, I can't tell you. They they, they can't tell you. If, if you if you go to Cambodia and you go to the humanitarian demining area, uh, they've got uh, they've got a map and and they show unexploded ordnance on one side and they show landmines on the other and. One side of the map, and it's all in red, and, red and black. And one side is completely covered in black. That's mines. And then the other side is completely covered in red. And that's unexploded ordnance that they found.
0: Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's just endemic. Something like that. Yeah. Is that how you say it? Yeah. And that's the other thing. So there's so many different types of landmines too. There's, there's a massive variety of them. Yep. And they last for how
1: long? A hundred years, maybe they, longer. Most of them will last forever. They've, they, I mean, they. Uh, plastic they've,
0: ones. Plastic ones, metal ones.
1: The, the thing about the uh, the uh, anti-personnel mines is they're mostly plastic. They've got a small uh, metal part in it. That's the that's the uh, Detonator. When you step on the on the on the top, but the rest of it's just plastic and and explosive. Ah, uh, so you can't detect it with a metal detector. Very very hard. That's when you need the dog to sniff it out. That's that's why they got the long leash teams to to mm-hmm. uh, to detect mines and find out where they're at.
0: Yeah, well, there's a lot in this that I never really <laughs> imagined. <laughs> um, is it, oh, what are telltale signs of landmines.
1: Mm. Well, telltale sign of a uh, landmine is probably vegetation growing and no farming going on in a third world country. Yeah, yeah okay. Hey, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, All they can do is is let cattle out on it. They they can they can let the cows uh, graze out in the in the woods. And if you hear an explosion at night, then you're gonna have steak for the next week, I guess.
0: Well, that's no guarantee as well, because, like I said, that bomb in Germany, yeah, that was in a field, and this field had been trodden on a lot. Yep, by all sorts of cattle and horses. He he thinks he drove over it on his tractor like a hundred times. Mm. Yep, but I guess that's a more of a rocket. So the problem with the bombs and rockets in Germany, they're metal, yeah, and the chemical cases that separate the two chemicals for the explosion, they're rusting slowly, and right. eventually it'll just rust through, leak, and just kaboom. Yep but um
1: but landmines stay there they 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 generally last a long time
0: yeah and like i was in cambodia and i hired a a dirt bike and i was riding around and they warned me about that dude they said don't go dirt biking like you wouldn't in another country Mm. just off off the track
1: no 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 no
0: yeah because he said there's landmines everywhere yep um yeah just he said stick to the roads if you want to you know, exactly up. and
1: once once you get get out of the towns in in cambodia i've been been there several times and uh you've really really got to be careful uh and that's why we always had the government personnel with us whenever we were going out and and doing things with the equipment because they knew where the mines were they knew where it had been cleared and we just followed their directions very closely <laughs> I guess yeah, a
0: lot of people wouldn't even think about that because a lot of us Australians holiday in Asia, yeah, and we get a bit drunk and wild and you know carefree. I uh, guess
1: I wouldn't go off the beaten path too far, bro. No, no, <laughs> um, no. And like I said, that, like in Mozambique, there was a a uh, civil war, and uh, the one party started coming across the river or they were they were trying to breach across the river and they had a field a big big open, long uh shoreline on this river and they that's where they they put all the mines and that's where most of the mines were because they wanted to stop them at the river so they mined hmm. one side of the river and then the war was over and they these guys either passed away or forgot where they put them and they're still there yeah i think
0: the new ones the americans are working on are to uh, just detonate when the conflict's over sort of thing i, <laughs> d- I don't know something like that <laughs> i guess remote detonation
1: uh, they've got some uh night vision laboratories has, has got some some interesting stuff they've uh, whenever we were up there they're working on a uh, rifle it's actually a round that you can shoot, and it's, it, it comes out of the gun, and you before you shoot it, you, you laser find. So if you want to go to the corner of that building up there, there's a guy standing behind it, one of your enemies standing right behind it. You laser range to the corner of the building, and then you shoot this this projectile out of the gun, and it goes just past the corner of the building and explodes backwards. Jesus.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the one by laughing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and you imagine you you think you're safe standing behind the building and, and bam.
0: Wow, yeah. There's yeah. some interesting weapons out there. Yeah. Fuck, it's always so crazy. It takes such a creative mind to think of these things, but it's and it's so brutal in its application. Yeah.
1: Well, it's like I said, they, these guys, you've got one team that's working on on trying to blow stuff up, and you got another team that's trying to keep stuff from getting blown up, or protecting the people that they're trying to blow up. So,
0: yeah, well, I guess don't take it personally. Oh, huh? <laughs> right, and how how long did it take for it to get taken up by after you originally developed it and started using it till eventually the military so, seen this thing? It was at a trade fair too. It, yeah, it, yeah. So yeah. they just stumbled across you by coincidence. Yep. Yeah, they, wow, that's and, lucky.
1: They, uh, it was, we started in 1998 and we started working with the military in 2006.
0: So 1998, 2006, what's that, eight years or something? Eight years. Yeah, yeah, nice, good work. Uh, you, you told me an interesting story last time, you were saying, put your own house up for equity to, (laughs) to take up a loan to build one of these machines and take it to a trade fair in Las Vegas. (laughs) which is
1: quite risky. I think everybody that, that, that starts a, a small business does that to one degree or another. And they, they may not put their whole house up. They, they may not put their house and land up, but they put a, some part of their equity up to where, you know, you just hang your... Hang all your assets out there, if you will, and 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 uh, you're you've, you're sort of like betting on on a result, and, but but it's the difference between the, the odds in the uh, in the casino and and you being
0: able to control it a little bit. If you believe in yourself, well, not just that, but it's a calculated risk. You, right, you figure you're going to meet enough people to get enough work and enough sales to. Um, justify the risk. I think it's I think it's confidence in your product and it's confidence in yourself. You you'd al- you'd already had a few contracts before you did this, yeah. Yep. And yep. you're saying something a pretty funny joke, something about your friends asked you if
1: you're doing much gambling in Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah and they said, "Have you been Have you been gambling?" And I said, "Hell yeah! I've, I've put I've put the whole house. I'm I'm betting the house." And I haven't even been to the casino of it. The house is sitting out here on display. And, oh, I, no. and I've got to sell this. Or, uh, yeah, I'm pretty much done.
0: Yeah, and you were giving me advice about getting loans for this sort of thing. You're saying you went to like a smaller bank, not one of the big banks.
1: Yep. yep. Smaller banks are, are a whole lot more uh, open to to giving you a loan. And whenever you go in, you need to have... What I did is I had a presentation, and I, I presented them with with what I was doing, what I'd been able to do so far, and said, I think that we can make this work. And I walked out, and I said, damn, I got them alone.
0: Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I shouldn't really ask how much. That's too rude,
1: isn't it? No, at the first first loan i got i went in and i i borrowed uh i borrowed $50,000 and i got it i got it because i went in i went into a small bank and i i didn't act, i didn't talk to the loan officer i went straight to the I, ceo of the small bank and and talked to him and sat down with him in his office on top of the building the small building and and showed him what what I'd been doing, mm. what what had been going on, and and said, you know, this is this is what we've done in the past. This is what we got now. This guy actually sat down with me, and and I I gave him the presentation. And I mean, he he that I think that's important. You, if you've got a great idea, you need to have. A good presentation you need to have some solid solid figures behind it but these people will listen because they're they won't they want business and and they they're actively looking for good business yeah uh, so
0: you've you'd already had a few successful sales
1: yeah and yeah and if you go in and you go look i've i've, I've done x y and z here and this is what what I know they and you talk to the guy face to face they're they a whole lot more uh, open to to listening to you than somebody just comes in and goes, "Hey, I need long. <laughs> <laughs> How much did the original prototype cost you mm, i'm thinking I'm thinking of it was three. We were three months in in uh, in production, and then another month in trying to fix what we had messed up. So, yeah, forty, probably forty thousand.
0: Yeah, okay. Yep, it's a big call quite a big investment.
1: It's 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 a big investment, and and yeah, uh, I think I think that if if you've got a good idea and it and you can. You, if you've got a good idea and you can and you can sell it and and hopefully sell it to some some local folks, like people in your community. Well, it. it I think that I think that uh, success breeds success, and if you if you've got a good idea and you can and you can market it effectively, mm. it, it'll start rolling. It it takes time.
0: Yeah, there's a few things. I noticed that what that you did that like you went straight to a, a full scale working prototype. Um I guess so you just bit the bullet and forked out the money and built this thing and you had it working straight away? Yep. And that's probably the biggest proving factor. Um so at no no point did you have to uh go out and ask for money um really like investors and that sort of thing.
1: It would have been nice. Yeah, to, to have had some. I think that I think that the concept. Here again, the concept is what's important. To, to, if 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 you've got the concept, and and if you're confident with the concept, and and you can present it. To lenders, if you can present it to prospective investors, if you if you can put it in a in a, in a form, that they. Not not black and white ink, but like in, I in my case I did it in in three D. I I had I had three D models, and I could show them. Yeah, this this looks like this, and this looks like this, and this is what we've got. And if you can if you can present it to them in in that form, then they they know that you've got. They got your shit together. You 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 know what you're talking about. So inside out, upside down, yeah, back and, to front. And, answer every question. Yeah. And 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 if you if you can present it to them in that format, you get instant validity over just going in and just putting some paper on the table and go, hey, I've got an idea. <laughs> Investors and banks. And anybody who is looking at at a, at a project, and I'm talking about customers too. Don't don't forget customers. Customers want to see something they can wrap their mind around. And and if and if you go in with a a, a document, a printed document, and it says we're going to do A B C D E F G. They can't get their mind around that they they cannot they can't grasp that because you know what you 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 know what's in your mind but you you can't translate that to them through twenty sheets of printed material if you go in and you've got a three d a three d model and you go this is what we propose, and this is what it looks like, and this is what it looks like. From the bottom, the top, the side, and this is how much it weighs, and this is this is all the stats on it. Then you've got a leg up on everybody because nobody does that, and 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 everybody that's going and, and trying to get money or, or 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 funding, they go in and just they throw a pile of paper at them. And they go, hey. And you know what you're talking about, but they don't. And the customer doesn't know. Well, time's precious,
0: and yeah. you'd be lucky enough to get someone to even read a whole page.
1: Yeah, and but but, it's like whenever I was out in Vegas. Whenever you, you got a, a stand in Vegas, and you got 200,000 people coming through, and this place is huge. Whenever you get somebody that comes by there, you need to grab them by the neck and and grab them and hold them for at least 15 20 seconds and tell them what you're doing and then you got them then 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 they'll say all right swipe my card okay and then they move on well
0: you're, you're saying something funny about Vegas <laughs> that, that you uh the screen or something
1: no that, no i'm that's what I'm talking about the 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 Whenever yeah. we go out to Vegas, we didn't have a cutterhead. We didn't have a machine. Whenever we started, we just had big screens of this thing grinding trees down. I called it my biggest hits, and it's like, and there goes a tree, and there goes another one, and people just they they became mesmerized. They'd stop and they'd look and they'd look at the screen. And some of these guys weren't even in land clearing. They were they were in Underground utilities or whatever, but they're sitting there going, Holy moly. And then, and whenever they did that, I knew I had them right here. Mm. <laughs> yeah, they just, they just, they sort of bumping into each other. Yeah. They stop, like, What? Yeah, yeah. The guy's, the guy's walking along, three guys walking along, and the first guy sits there and stops, and the, and the guy behind him is looking at the same thing, and he walks into the guy in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, <laughs>
0: and but what you made was more interesting than the Hooters girls. Yeah, the Hooters girls across said, from you.
1: Yeah, they come up and I go, "Hey, hey, have you got your tape measure? They, 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 they got tape measures. Oh, where's that at? Oh, the Hooters, where the Hooters girls are? Where's that? I said, right over here. It's, it's right catty corner to where we're at right here. Right, at, you can see them right there. <laughs>
0: so, what <laughs> your product is? Your product is so good, the tradesman were more interested in your video than the Hooters girls yes, at the booth across they, from they, you giving out free tape measures.
1: Yeah, they were sitting there looking at my at my big screen TV with this thing grinding down trees and just walked right past the Hooters Who's girls. Like, pat, <laughs> good work, man.
0: <laughs> so for the Las Vegas show, you um that machine. You said you had to make a machine to stick out the front. Of we, one of these trade shows? We
1: we built a complete machine. Uh, we had to get the excavator, which back then cost about um, $130,000. And then we had to build the attachment. So after it was all of a sudden done, after put the engine on it, all the hydraulics, you're, you're talking close to $280,000. And then... We had to truck it from North Carolina to Las Vegas, and that's another seventy five hundred dollars yeah okay. and and now we've, we when now we get it to Vegas we got to have a place to put it that's fifteen thousand dollars and now we're got to have a an an indoor exhibit that's another ten thousand dollars and now we got to put stuff in there and by the time you you Done all of that, plus expenses, plus room for a week. Yep, you're 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 up to your eyeballs. <laughs> it's like three
0: hundred thousand dollars just for an exhibit at a trade show. Oh shit,
1: three hundred thousand dollars. I'm talking about four hundred. I'm talking about. I'm talking four fifty. To like, get everything out there and pay for the expenses. and
0: So you had to get a loan for this one, yeah?
1: Didn't get a loan for that one. Okay. Th- th- this is one of those deals that, that you, you're just working on credit. Pure yeah. credit. Mm. Pure credit.
0: That's well, part of business,
1: there. Eh? Yeah. <laughs>
0: With the initial development, so you design, yeah, How did did you get like a stump grinder and put that on an excavator or did you just design your own thing from scratch?
1: now we we uh my father was in construction and he had excavators mm. and we in construction uh, underground utility construction the first thing you've got to do is get rid of trees and the trees is the only thing standing between you and doing what you really want to do which is lay pipe and so we we came up with a method to get rid of the trees with one machine and one man. There was several uh prototypes around and they 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 were trying this but they they were they weren't successful because it was they didn't do their homework, they didn't go through with it and and we were looking at everything and we said we can do better than this and we can we can make something that works and that's what we did
0: yeah and so to do that you'd had to draw it up first and send that to an engineering workshop or a metal workshop or you guys build it
1: yourself the first drawings i did were on notebook paper with a ruler wow okay and i drew drew them up and then i scanned them into a pdf and sent them to the machine shop's to bend the metal and make make the shaft drive shafts and all that.
0: Oh, well, it's a process, isn't it? Oh yeah. But just the power this head, I mean, you said you needed to make a separate generator engine. Right. Um I mean, that's a feat in itself and the hydraulics and the calculations for that. Did you have to employ some engineers to design that for you? Or?
1: What what we did is we went we went headlong into oblivion and we <laughs> we, <laughs> we start we started out and we didn't know what we were doing. We we said, all right, we're gonna put an engine on this, we're gonna put a hydraulic system on it, we're gonna put a cutter head on it, and we're gonna we're gonna do this. And we did that. And not knowing anything about hydraulics. Uh, and, but we had a concept, we knew, we knew the basics and once we did it we realized how bad we screwed up <laughs> and, and the the first machine ran about 30 minutes no, no 30 seconds i'm sorry 30 seconds and then it shut down
0: it just blew up the first machine you blew a hose or something
1: no 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 we 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 cranked it up we put the cutter head on it was spinning like mad it was doing 1800 rpms we were we were tickled to death and it ran for about 30 seconds and all of a sudden the cutter had stopped turning and we're all sitting there looking at each other going what the hell just happened and and, <laughs> and the engine's still running but the cutter had stopped turning and and later on we we realized that we didn't clean the lines properly we had dirt in the lines and then and then, after we got the prototype out in the field, then we realized that we didn't do enough engineering on on how this thing actually operates and we were, We started blowing up pumps and motors because of all the lines going from the back of the machine to the front of the machine, and uh what they call bolt modulus, which I got a engineering degree on that through my bank account, <laughs> yeah. And a real life engineering yeah, engineer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: because, yeah, like a hydraulics engineer, that's a whole profession. Yeah. And yeah. you guys were just doing it and blowing shit up and then
1: oh, yeah. and then just changing it and yeah, starting yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get a you can get an education in college and you can get it out in the real world and it's expensive either way, brother.
0: I don't know. Maybe it's cheaper than fucking <laughs> spending four years in college. <laughs> I, so you blew up well, you didn't blow up, you had dirt in your hydraulics. Yeah, we, we the first had, time. Right.
1: It just it just took the hydraulic system out in 30 seconds. And we would, for, for 30 seconds, we were the happiest people on earth. And then it stopped turning. And we were sitting there scratching our heads. So we had to get a hydraulic engineer in. And I learned so much from the guy. And I took notes. I, I It was like I was at school. I, I took notes, and he said, this is what's wrong and this is what's wrong and need to do this and need to do that and his name was Carl Palmer and uh, I learned a lot of, about hydraulics from that dude. <laughs> well, Just get him in once and write everything down. Well, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> and and it's application specific so you don't have to study liberal arts to to learn what you're really working on.
0: What's wrong with liberal arts? Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm <not> just saying.
1: <laughs> it's over. <laughs> you you can learn about the universe, or if you you can learn about.
0: No, okay. So, in that first prototype, you were using a secondary engine, or you yep. you yeah, yep. Wow, that's. I mean, that's that's a pretty amazing feat in itself. Like I've still never changed a car engine, let alone put a second engine on something, on an excavator. Oh, so like a stump grinder. Yep. Does that is that the sort of engine you use first and just sort of glued it to an excavator? Or?
1: No, we we went we we started from from uh from ground zero. We 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 started, you know, we we put an engine on with a dedicated mm. hydraulic uh supply and, and we went from there. That, that it, it wasn't a stump grinder, it, it was a uh, shin it, it was a com- completely separate unit yep it
0: was a shin system. Yep. shin system nice yeah i've seen some of the stuff you do what's that there's a bloody uh concrete truck on the back of a tank i, I saw on your website oh,
1: yeah yeah that 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 was one of the best projects i've uh, i had a guy in atlanta and he was um he he had to he had to pour a walkway and and the it, the walkway went through a, a park, a long park, and and there was limited access in and limited access out, and he he knew that if he put a concrete truck backing up down through the forms that they they had already set all the way down to where they needed to put the concrete for the walkway. He said they would have torn the concrete forms up because the concrete forms were just about as wide as the the, the concrete truck. And he said that they would have demolished the concrete forms, so he got me to develop that little machine, and it had it's got a turntable on the top, and it's got the concrete mixer. mixer. So you got the big trucks, and they come in and they fill up the little concrete mixer. And he goes down through the forms, all the way, going forward, and then gets to where they get they're pouring the concrete, and he just that turntable swings on top, and then then he just puts concrete up, and they just start spreading concrete, and he empties that, and then he goes right so, back out through the concrete. So concrete. it's an
0: off-road concrete truck. Off-road concrete. So it's it's basically a excavator, except instead of the digger attachment. You've got the back of a concrete truck, like a big drum full of concrete that spins, and right. it has a whatever that yeah. shaft is. To, what's it called? The thing to let the con the slide. The shoot, the shoot, shoot the concrete yeah. shoot. Yeah, and that comes off the back of it. Yeah, because yeah, that's always a challenge yeah. of sites is getting the concrete truck in off the yeah. road because they've got regular road tires. Um, and he
1: he made he made a fortune, and they and uh, another guy what selling these? No, he made fortune with with that, that particular unit. It was a one off but it, it was something that was so saved a lot of money. So huh? unique that, that he he went in and just blew him out of the water because he just he just take take that little concrete truck and go down the forms, turn around that pour the concrete, a little truck go out, big truck would fill him back up at the road, he'd oh, go wow. back right down. Oh, so it's just
0: Okay, so you get this <clears throat> concrete truck on tracks, tank tracks, I like guess, yeah. or ex- excavator. Do you call them diggers or excavators?
1: Ex- uh, excavators, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: So you leave that on the job and a concrete truck mm-hmm. will come from the concrete plant and big fill truck, it up?
1: Big truck is sitting out at the road and then little truck pulls up, big truck fills up the little truck yep. and he goes down through the forms. Is that uh, what you call it? Yeah, Yeah, the concrete forms. You call it little truck? Well, the little little mixer... What's the name of it? I don't know. I don't know
0: what, what you're <laughs> calling it. Shin, sh, I don't know. A shin... There must be... A,
1: is it a one-off? It's it, We did two. We we did two for, for uh, two companies. Another, another company had a uh, a job in Atlanta that they needed grout, and they had to keep the grout mixed, but it was down through a muddy area, and... And they had to pour this grout in these forms, and so they could put the grout, have this out of the road, pour the grout in the the mixer, and then carry it, and it would continuously mix it instead of carrying it in a bucket of a front-end loader, and just keep it mixing, and then go down and pour the the grout out, and it's still mixed up.
0: I'm going to put some of these photos on my Instagram, (laughs) I think, so people can (laughs) listen to this, and they can (laughs) have a look at the photos. I think at this stage, it's safe to call you an an inventor. (laughs) I guess. (laughs) That's that's a really good invention. I mean, I could think of a hundred places that would be applicable, especially some of these, like, what they call greenfield sites. Right. It's a brand new site, whether it's a mine or a steelworks or uh, any of these large scale industrial factories, like. You could really use something like that there and
1: save a lot of time in earthworks machines. I I think that, and you go back to the original premise. I think I think that if you can solve a problem for a company, and which which is what they they called me up to do. They said I I've got this little dump truck that that's on that that can pivot on these tracks. But I need to get concrete down here. Can you put, can you, can you put a concrete mixer on the back of it? And I'm stupid enough to go. Sure. Yeah. And, and but but what you're doing is if, if the the opportunity was a company that had a problem looking for a solution, and I was just stupid enough to do it. <laughs> Or whatever. Well, how come How come you've got this reputation of being stupid enough to do it?
0: <laughs> You're so lucky.
1: <laughs> well, I, I just don't know how
0: to say no. I mean, yeah, so you must have some sort of reputation as a doer out there, right? To be given the opportunity to make these things. Because there's a lot of <clears throat> inventors and engineers out there that never really get the chance to make stuff like this and get to think about it. Um, right.
1: If, well, I I think that I think the key is that you, if you can get in touch with somebody, or if somebody can get in touch with you, that's got a problem that you can help them with. You can make money, and and honestly, you can make money if if you if you can get in touch. and And every business has got a problem. Every business on earth has got a problem that they're trying to solve at some point. Yep. And if you can help them solve that problem, you can make money.
0: You, do you also have the connections to get this stuff manufactured as well? You must have a
1: good team behind you, maybe? Well, the, I design it, and I, I can put this – that's that's, a, that's the way I work in Australia. I can, I can design the, the equipment – I can put it out to ten ten fabricators in the states. I can put it out to three uh fabricator or the uh assemblers and and get the best price so you, you I'm doing the same thing that I used to do whenever I was sitting in an office, but I'm doing it like remote
0: control. <laughs> Okay, so you get it fabricated, yep. so you get the drum fabricated for the concrete mixer. But then, does that same company attach it to the digger for you,
1: or you get someone else to do that? Get somebody else to do it. What do you, you get the the okay. manufacturer of the of the concrete drum, the 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 drum itself, and then have it shipped to this entity, get a price from them to put this on this unit? Give them the specs on how to do it, or as far as the hydraulics, and then then they put it on, and and off it goes. Mm.
0: So, and before you do any of this, do you get all the quotes from all the different companies, and do you really stage it out? So this is like a, a I guess a chain of manufacturing
1: almost. Well, the, the the stage is first you you get you get the project, and then then you you analyze what the project is and then you've you source people that can do the project actually put the project together and then either you or them can go out to the individual fabricators and and get the nuts and bolts together to
0: put it together mm. and then like do you do you factor in for say this is a job right are you just doing this for fun, like for a friend, or is this like, oh, it'll cost this much to make and I want to make this much money out of it? I don't do anything for nothing. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, so you're doing a lot of this work, running around, looking at stuff, design on spec, almost. So at the end of it, you'll give your associates or friends a quote on how much
1: that'll cost? No, no, what they do is they... they. they For instance, I've got projects going in the States. I get a call. This guy wants a a unit, XYZ unit, and I, I tell them, I say, this guy wants this. What will you do it for? And they go, okay, we'll do it for this, and we want this much money down to do it. I say, fine, and I'll take that quote. And I'll go back to the customer who called me and I'll go, it's gonna be this much. And we need this much now. Okay. And so it's quite straightforward. So so the subcontractor is responsible for the construction. And I'm I make the sales. Actually I'm making sales for the subcontractor.
0: Yeah, that's true. You're getting them work.
1: I'm getting them work. I'm
0: I'm I'm feeding work to them. So it sounds like you're a real yeah, you're a real doer. You don't procrastinate on it. You just go out there and just do it and get the quotes
1: every day. I mean, if 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 they want something done, I'll I'll get a quote on it and and I'll put it out to to XYZ and see how much they can do it and, I, and the lowest guy and if I know them and they do quality work, that's who gets it. But that's that's the way that's the way it works and
0: mm. Nice.
1: I'm just a I'm just a middleman. I'm I don't get my fingers dirty a lot anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah. But do you <clears throat> do you charge a fee to even look at it, or you just get nah. the quotes? No,
1: nah, no. Nah. I'm just I'm just happy to to uh, get it. And, and most of the most of the people that call me know me, or they know the name. And once again, brand recognition, name name recognition, market share, reputation they they know the name and and they will call my number even here in australia and or email me and then i'll i'll get it get it moved from there
0: and the other question about how so can your machines deal with like i was saying in germany the problem with ordnance um like say if there's unexploded bombs i don't i don't know what exactly is a bomb that you would drop on a city in world war 2 but is that a a hell of a lot bigger than a a tank mine.
1: Unexploded ordnance is a whole nother range threat threat level than than any tank mines because you're you're talking about, for instance, in uh, Cambodia you got 500 pounders that are still buried. That's 500 pounds of TNT basically in the earth in a bomb. Mm. And if you set that off, I don't i' I don't know of anything that would survive that going off say ten fifteen feet in front of it no machine yep okay, okay. Yeah, i i don't have a i don't have a threat level protection for that for that level
0: that's yeah maximum yeah above maximum yeah, yeah so that's probably the problem in Germany is a lot of these bombs are buried in the mud
1: um same thing in cambodia they, it, it, it's full of them on these and how do they get
0: rid of them that's
1: the whole robot thing well they they only way they do it now is they just it's like you said they you know they're out there digging and they get clink and they've hit something and luckily it didn't go off and <laughs> yeah. then then you've got a little team that the cambodians have to actually have a team that goes out they they can send them out of nine pen and they'll go out there and examine a thing and analyze it and then they'll they'll do their best to to get it out of the ground. Uh
0: ah, I don't know if you should answer this one, but does the USA still make landmines? Yes. They admit it too, don't they? Yes. It's not a secret.
1: Yeah no, yeah. They 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 make uh claymores, they make landmines, they What's they, that Clay, claymore is just a, it, that's, a old, that's a that's a that's the old school uh, explosive that you put up uh, on the side of a tree and you put a trip wire if you've got a perimeter and if somebody somebody's coming up and toward your position and they trip the wire, well then the claymore goes off. Yeah, it's it says uh, it's sort of like a bullet but it's to whom it may concern instead of specifically to somebody.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that was interesting, the whole... The two sides of... Can you talk about night vision laboratories so openly? Yeah. That's okay for you to do? Yeah.
1: That's no no problem. You, You go into night vision laboratories, you go through... You go into Belvoir, Fort Belvoir, and you go through security at Fort Belvoir, and and they will search your car, and they'll search you, and everything else. And then you go back into the back corner of Fort Belvoir, and then you're at Night Vision Laboratories, and you have to have a clearance and somebody somebody's signature requesting you to get through that next gate to get into. Night vision laboratories. Yep,
0: but I mean, none of the stuff you've told me is supposed to be a secret. No, <laughs>
1: it, no. It's,
0: it's <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get you in no, trouble. No, 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 no. You're not going to get me in trouble. <laughs> so, okay. So, I guess in that regard, the America's still democratic because they're being open and honest with that yep. stuff, like you know, creating
1: landmines to kill people. Well, it's, it, it, here again, they 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 do they do landmines. Mm they do any tank in any mine so they're they're working both sides of both sides of the fence that's I guess the, a negative way to look at that that's like the perpetual military
0: industrial complex oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I won't get into that rant um so how did you get into the armor plating like obviously you're in and around the someone just asked you to do that
1: we we started with uh the first first machine that we did for uh night vision laboratories uh we did a, a the the landmine tiller and that was that was a massive machine it's uh four hundred fifty horsepower self self contained it it had the tiller on the front of the excavator And then we had to build the the armor-plated cab on that machine. And so as a result of that, that machine got tested, and that's how we got the foothold into the armor cab. As a trusted contractor. Yep. Hmm. Not a lot of people do that.
0: (laughs) No. Yeah, you're very lucky and fortunate. I was thinking you could also put like uh, airbags in the cabin or something <laughs> for the operator. What do you think? I, I
1: don't know. I think I, I think the uh, upholstery is probably the biggest biggest uh, damage area because if I oh. hit a landmine in there, it, they'd need to change the upholstery. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> <He's> liquefied. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Have you been to the Balkans?
1: No, no.
0: That was a recent war zone. Yep.
1: Most of those countries are, are pretty good at uh cleaning up afterwards. It starts going downhill once you once you get into the Cambodia, the Thailand, and then it goes further downhill to Mozambique, Angola, then then it's they've got a real problem.
0: I'm just gonna check all of these social media, see if anyone wanted to... uh oh. I've got a few questions, I think. You want to hear him? Sure. How are you still alive?
1: Am I still
0: alive? He deserves a medal. Uh, how big is his heart? Oh. How big is your heart, Rick?
1: I, I, I just, I'm just happy I can, I can help.
0: Landmines. What less, what lesson learned has he applied to achieve results? This is from. Simran, what lessons has he learned to apply and achieve results? And what do you recommend to others?
1: Boy, that, that's pretty broad. I think that if if you, if what lessons have I learned? Mm. I think I think that if you can you can identify a problem, and and not only yourself but get others involved to work toward a solution to that problem that's that's important it's not one person that ever does anything it's a team of people and if you can if you can assemble the best people that you know in the best industries to work toward a solution you'll get stuff done
0: fair enough good words of advice um, well congratulations on your success and thank you <laughs> hopefully inspire other people out there hey,
1: you can do whatever you put your mind to just you just got to keep
0: keep going on i think it, it it's also emphasizes the importance of like using your creativity as well not just you know doing a job for the money and the grind you know
1: well it, and that's important to success too because if 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 you can find something that you, en- you enjoy and and it enables you to be creative uh then i think you've got a, a much better chance of success in whatever you're doing
0: yeah I, and i think a lot of people are too scared to take the risk to pursue what they want to do as well because they always end up doing their backup job but Right. There is no backup because we can all die. Right. So you might as well go for it.
1: Uh, exactly, and and uh, we're we're not getting any younger. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
0: <laughs> awesome. Oh, well, I guess we'll wrap it up. Unless you have any other words, wise wise huh? words. Oh, thanks very much, Rick. Um, no problem. From uh, ShinCutter.com. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Check it out, guys. See you later. Thanks.